Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and vision board mastery creator, Steve Gamlin. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, my friend, Steve Gamlin here. Welcome to another episode of Motivational Firewood Radio. Today's guest is Rhonda Y. Williams. And Rhonda and I have connected on social media because I have got such a tribe of people who on a weekly basis reach out and say, Steve, you got to meet this person. And recently, it was Rhonda. So Rhonda lives down in Texas. She is an executive coach. She is a career development coach. She's also a leadership development coach, and she helps overstressed executive leaders transition to stress-free leadership. Now, Rhonda, come on. At the time of this recording, in a pandemic, in the year 2020, with everything going on upside down, and it was election year, I can't possibly believe that people have actual stress in their lives. <laughs> it is a real thing, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. But you know what? During this time, is exactly when we need to be talking about being stress-free. Uh, and I'm going to say right now, the most profound thing I probably will say this entire show, and that is... Stress is an inside game, and there's only one person inside, and that's you. Yeah, and so many people have, whether it's just been ingrained in them, or it's what they learned, or it's what they've been told, whatever, always pointing the finger outward. Mm -hmm. And and stress, and I'm not a behavioral psychologist, or or, nor do I claim to be, but what I've said over and over, how we, and, and I didn't invent this, it's been taught to me, how we react and respond to everything in the world, every outside stimulus, everything is up to us to decide how to respond. And maybe we've been taught or learned ways that don't serve us well, but we can always change the wiring. And that's, that's a lot of what you help people to do, maybe to react and respond in different ways and to see better options. Absolutely, Steve. It's, a, it's about rewiring um, yourself. Uh, the way you react and respond uh, is based on habit, right? You know, scientists say that the large majority of the way that we respond is habit-based. And so you've simply built up a way of responding. Your brain doesn't even have to think about it. It just knows, oh, hey, when this dude cuts me off, I know what to do because we do it all the time, right? You don't even have to think about it. Uh, But if you have learned and developed those habits, you can unlearn them and develop new habits. And that's the passion that I have for leaders, because uh, when you go to leader school, wherever that is, I don't even know if there is a thing, right? But most leaders learn OJT or they learn, you know, sort of school of hard knocks, but they don't really teach you. They teach you the, the stuff, the principles that you need to get your job done. They don't teach you how to truly be successful at leading. And one of the ways to do that is by managing your own internal stress really taking that and there's a power in managing that stress that allows you to really, um, I like to say it helps you unlock your superpower, right? When you can become stress-free, you're walking around, you're bouncing. Yeah, we know there's COVID and we know all of this other stuff is going on, but I'm going to handle what I can handle. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm not going to stress about the rest. And I've been self-employed now for about 18 years. But prior to that, I was in the radio industry for a decade. And I was very fortunate that I had good leadership and good managers. 
um, that I reported to directly. And you just described when you said the boss walking around and not looking like he or she was carrying the weight of the world and stress and barking and yelling and reacting and, and all that, but genuinely showing an interest in each of us and saying, how's your day? What can I do to make your day better? And what this particular boss, who ironically, his nickname was Evil Jack, but he was the biggest teddy bear in the world. Um, he actually, he would listen as he walked around the building. And if you heard of somebody struggling, he would just happen to be in their doorway that day and just, hey, how's it going? Hey, what can I do to help you out? Is there anything going on that I can help you with? Um, you know, he would just kind of know. And he would proactively reach out to people. And it was almost like he was putting pins back in grenades on a regular basis without us even knowing that he was listening in or was observing or, or watching. And I got to think the leaders who can do that this year are really going to see some loyalty, some growth, and probably develop a better balance inside themselves. Absolutely. We talk about work-life balance and all the balances of responsibility and power. And some people say balance between, some people say integration of, but behind it all to juggle everything inside of everything going on right now, which is a snow globe inside a paint shaker. I'm pretty convinced of that. Yeah. Uh, those snowflakes have not stopped going around chaotically for the whole year. As we get ready to transition at this time, uh, of this broadcast into the year 2021. Now I'm not saying that at midnight, everything's going to change. What do you think of some of the things that leaders could really do to step up their game and solidify their footing in 2021, how they can better set an example or communicate or work with their teams? Yeah. So the first thing I think leaders should do is to get some clarity, right? This journey begins with clarity and understanding who you are, what you're committed to, what you love, what you don't love. Um, a lot of times the stress and balance, when I hear people talk about work-life balance, typically they are, they either hate one or the other, right? And so, you know, oftentimes if you absolutely love the work that you're doing and you absolutely love your life, you're really not seeking balance because it's all good. It doesn't matter which way it flows. You found a, a rhythm and a flow that works. And so for leaders, it's that sense of clarity around where are you? Are you good with where you are? Is this the path that you're comfortable with? Um, do you feel like you're serving? Do you have the respect and admiration of your team? Is there something you can do better there to step that up? And once you identify it through that clarity process, then you've gotta be real. You've gotta be willing to um, take that information and do something with it, right? Transparency and authenticity are, have been the latest buzzwords for leaders. Um, but in this time that we're in, where we've got economic crisis, we've got COVID, we've got all of these things, I cannot stress enough how important it is for leaders to be real. That includes if you're tired, if you need boundaries, if you need to say, Listen, guys, I'm exhausted. I will not be responding, responding to texts after working hours. If it's an emergency, pick up the phone and call me. But otherwise, I'm going to turn off because that's what I need for my sanity. So I think leaders positioning them is about them understanding what they need to be the best them and then confidently and, and uh, being willing to set that forward. Have that conversation. 
don't just surprise people with it, right? All of a sudden, she's not responding after hours. What happened, right? She used to respond 24-7. Now she's <laughs> gone silent on me. You want to let people know where you are and why you are. You know what? I've decided 2020 is going to be a different year for me. I'm so excited about it. Here's what that means. If you need me, I am here, but I'm creating some boundaries. I'm going to spend more time with the dog or the kids or in the mountains or wherever that is. And the people will respect that. However, people cannot respect boundaries that you yourself don't set. And, and I love what you said about, about the boundaries because it is so true. Now, I've always been a person who said, open door policy, reach out anytime, happy to help, this, this, this. And my business coach and mentor, Lonnie Robinson, reached out to me and, and he said, all right. And he looks and he goes, what's that in the background? We're on a Zoom call. And I said, I turned around and go, oh, that's my wall of things to do. It was a bunch of sticky notes. And he said, how's that working for you? I go, well, it works good until somebody turns on the ceiling fan and then everything goes everywhere. And then I got people reaching out to me all the time and I don't even know why they're calling. He goes, okay. <laughs> he, was, and he even said, he goes, time to set some boundaries. Mm -hmm. So then we created an online calendar where people need to reach out to me. Now, obviously, if it's an emergency, somebody can reach me. But in order to schedule my days and be more effective as a leader, because even though I'm self-employed in a solopreneur, I'm still a leader because I have my clients, I have my coworkers, I have my tribe, my team members, my um, you know service providers. He said, if people want to speak with you, they need to go on your calendar. But nobody can book an appointment within 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Because that way you're not just waiting for beeps and buzzes and you actually get to plan your day and be more effective as a leader mm -hmm. without having all these things keep trying to knock you off the top of your, your mountain. That's and a few people said, hey, Steve, can we get on a call today? No. Because <laughs> I knew it wasn't you know, an emergency. They said, well, I used to be able to do that. I go, yeah, well, I used to not get a lot of stuff done because I would allow all that in. And what it did was it made my business look more professional. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to set my day and actually go through and get all my items done and not be a pinata with people hitting it with a stick all day, trying to get the candy out and get my attention. Exactly. So I would imagine that leaders inside of, now I'm just a one person company here, but inside of a big company, I would imagine leaders who can set that boundary are actually able to get a lot more done and be more effective. Absolutely. You know, we have um, the term open door policy um, has really um, caused challenges for a lot of leaders because, you know, they, they take it to mean that there's no boundary, right? Just Whenever people need you, you need to be there, but that's not reality. It's not very, doesn't help you be productive as you mentioned. And, and I want to clarify something because this is really important. You're a solopreneur, but you are, you're, you're right. You're absolutely a leader. Minimally, you have to lead yourself, right? Even if you don't have a business, I, I view adults with any sense of responsibility as leaders because you have to be able to lead yourself. You have to be able to be the decider of how you're going to navigate your life, your family, all of that. And then when you bring in the business aspect of it, I know a lot of solopreneurs who say, well, it's just me. I'm not really a leader. Absolutely, you're a leader. How are you determining how you're going to market, what your product is, what your services are, how you deliver them? You are absolutely making those decisions. So it's so important that we recognize that role of leader. We wear, we all wear 10,000 hats, right? I'm a 
mom and a daughter and a sister and a leader and a this and a that. So we're all lumped in there together. And I think that that's really important for us to understand. Today, leaders definitely want to understand their role and that there is power in that role. And especially in larger organizations, folks are counting on you. They're looking up to you. They're not counting on you to be perfect, right? Let's, let's just get that out of the way because that's a lot of where leadership stress comes from. This ideal that you should be perfect and you should have all the answers. Well, look, look at the mistakes she made. She's supposed to be the leader, right? Yeah. I mean, we, you need to be transparent and you need to be willing to fail fast and fail forward, right? And create the psychological safety for your team for them to do the same. You will develop raving champions, unlimited and unwavering supporters if people know that they don't have to be perfect and that you still have their back. You're gonna be there for them because you're not perfect. You can all laugh about it together tomorrow and know that tomorrow the sun is still gonna come up. Yeah. And you get a chance to learn from those mistakes as well. And you're right. There are some people out there who, when they get to a certain level, they think they have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of people out there too. And I had this conversation yesterday with, with actually two different people who were part of my tribe yesterday with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And some people, you know, it's the old, I, I forget what it was called. Was it the Peter principle when you rose above one yeah. step above where you were kind of comfortable and confident and you got put into this and all of a sudden people put up this this wall, this fortress, this image, they don't feel as though they're maybe worthy enough to be there, but yet they can't be vulnerable or authentic enough to be willing to risk making a mistake to learn to get better. And it's, it's gotta be a really weird, uncomfortable place there for a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. And some of that, uh, Steve is due to the organizational culture, right? And when you think about the culture that you're in, and so when I coach my leaders, we definitely have to take into consideration the culture. You know, my goal is to help cultures and leaders get there, right? My vision is for organizations to understand that you will be much more profitable and you will have a much more committed, amazing team. You're going to lower your turnover. You're going to lower your costs when you develop a stress-free culture. And what that means is we all, as leaders in this organization, have the ability uh, to be authentic to who we are, to say when we don't know, to try things and fail and know that that's okay. Be willing to take the lessons from the the failures. Um, and I don't even like to call them failures because it, do we ever really fail or is it just another learning opportunity and experience, right? Yeah. But if you are in a culture where that is not embraced, it's tough, right? It's tough because then you feel like you have to, uh, on, my, um, on my Coffee with Rhonda show uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about leaders wearing a mask, right? And you feel like you have to wear this mask because you're not in a comfortable organization that psychological safety does not exist. And therefore everyone is in the frame, the mind frame of protectionism, right? And and making sure that you cover your own assets so that you don't get yourself into trouble in the eyes of everyone else. And that's a difficult place to be. It is. In, In a number of years ago, I know it's been off the air for a couple of years now, when the TV show Mad Men came out, And everybody thought, oh my gosh, this is what it was like in the 50s and 60s in that hardcore boys club. And all of a sudden you realize, you know, a lot of companies really have never gotten away from that. 
Mm-hmm. They've, they've stayed in that mindset. I'm glad now there's a lot more transparency out there as far as people rising up for, uh, for, for equal rights and, and all of these things that are shining a light into the shadows of what used to be the norm. I mean, I'm a 52-year-old guy, and I saw a couple episodes of that show, and I said, was it really like that? And I would talk to, to my parents, who at the time were in the early 70s, and they said, yeah, it was like that everywhere. And it was just such, I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't even fathom that because I don't like the good old boy network. Right. You know, I, I love, I love rock stars that come up through and rise up and, and make their own way and find their own place. And and they're the people that somebody is talking about 20 years from now, because they were authentic, vulnerable, real, uh, passionate. Some people downplay passion, but I, I happen to love passion. If you can plug it in just right to infect the company in a really good way. Mm-hmm. To make people, when they walk in your door, walk in the building, or see you in the parking lot, your day gets better. Look forward to being in work. And if you're having struggle, you're more willing to open up and and create that energy. It doesn't mean we're all hugging each other all day long. I get it. Mm -hmm. But I just love every lead. All my favorite leaders and managers and bosses I've ever had were the people that when I walked in that door, I got better because they earned my trust and I knew they had my back because we we're all working together, trying to make the company better. Yeah. And I wish more leaders would, would be, and you don't have to be vulnerable. Some people say vulnerable is a bad thing. I happen to believe it's a good thing, but it's not a weakness. And I wish more people could see it as a strength. And I know that you work with people on this. You may not use those exact words, but what you're doing is making them more effective leaders. Absolutely. Well, and that's so important because um, one of the reasons why leaders struggle um, is because we don't teach them these things, right? So when I got my first leadership position, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious, actually. Um, I got, I took over as a chief nursing officer, um, had never been a chief nursing officer before. So I take over in this position. The person who was handing off to me was angry at me because I got the position and they didn't. And so my transition, we were supposed to spend a week together and they were going to go over everything for me. We maybe got through 90 minutes and he was like, here's the keys. I think, you know, things around here. We're good. I'm out. Wow. So that was my entry into taking over this, the largest department in the hospital, right? All these a hundred plus employees. Um, you know, just finding my way. And again, I had never been a a true leader before. And so I had to find my way. And my story is not unlike many other stories. I fell down, I scraped my knee, I did some things I'm sure that were quite jacked up, you know, but at the end of the day, now I look back and I go, holy crap, did we really do that? Right? But if you don't learn, then all you have is what you have right? And you do the best that you can. And then people like me take that learning and they go, oh, here, I can help you not scrape your knee on this one because let me share with you some other alternatives and some ways to do that. The most important thing I say to leaders is um, a level of vulnerability is important. Mm -hmm. For those leaders that think that it's not the message that you are sending to others, right? Just think about the message that you're sending to others when you can't give yourself um, that permission to be open and to be vulnerable. Are you asking them to be vulnerable with you? Right? If you're asking them, 
then you as the leader should be modeling that. So think about, if for every leader out there, think about what your best employee would look like. Who is that rock star person on your team that you go, yes, that's who I want. And then I want you to make a list of those characteristics. And I want you to see where are you on that list? Mm. It's not different for you. So the same things that you're wanting to see in them is what they want to see in you. Right. And think about the synergy that that creates amongst your team. That alone is a stress reducer. You go in, you know, we're on the same page. We're going to work hard. We're going to laugh today. We're going to tell jokes. We're going to get it done. We're not going to take ourselves too seriously. Right. And then as we move forward together, we will say, yes, we will celebrate together. Or we will go, okay, wait, that didn't go so well. So let's scrap <laughs> that idea and start over again. Bring them into the fold bring in their learnings and all of their amazing, because they are some amazing people that work for us as well. And they can make us better and they can help us keep that stress level low. You know, I'll wrap up with this one last thing. Uh, one thing that I've been saying to leaders lately is one way to reduce your stress is to stop giving so many answers and start asking more questions. Mm. Stop giving so many answers and start asking more questions because then you're doing two things. You're showing value for the people that you have on your team. Their input, what they have to say matters. They have a lot probably of knowledge that they are willing to share if we just ask. And then number two, we're teaching them through the process of them going through thinking about it, coming up with solutions. And then even a third thing is they are now owning the solution because they helped come up with it. Right. So instead of being the one that has to give, I used to feel exhausted at the end of the day. Oh, my gosh. All day long, I tell people what to do. I'm directing this and I'm doing that. You know what? Ask the question. Let them come to you and then say, you know what? I think that sounds really great, Nancy. John, what do you think? Can we add to that? And Steve, what about this over here? Let's say, you know, you've got a team fully engaged and involved who feels valued and respected and they own the solution and you feel less stressed. Mm. And and I think what you're saying is perfect too for entrepreneurs because some people may be listening to this saying, well, I'm not part of a big company. I'm not part of a big team. If you're an entrepreneur and you are an effective entrepreneur, you have surrounded yourself with a tribe of people, each of whom is great at what they do. And I, gosh, I had four conversations yesterday with my tribe members. I got coached by a couple and I coached a couple Mm -hmm. and guided them through some situations. And it came, came down to asking certain questions. And and my mentor, Lonnie, always asks me questions. He doesn't say, all right, do it this way. He go, well, what are you trying to say with that? Okay, maybe how could you say it in a way that people get it? And then all of a sudden, you know, like in the movies, the clouds part and the angels go, ah, and you get a better version of what you started with. But it's, it's, the, it's the people you surround yourself with, even if you're an entrepreneur. And, and to keep that in mind, and, and thank you for for saying earlier when I said as an entrepreneur, I'm still a leader because I always feel that way. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, I'm guiding my clients to their desired results and asking them questions. Matter of fact, I have two calls today where I'm just going to start with, they want a proposal. What would the ultimate experience look like for you Mm -hmm. working together? And I got coached on that yesterday by my coach, Lonnie. He says, start with that. Don't spit a bunch of stuff at them or tell them what they need to do. Ask them what they want their desired outcome to be and then work together to make it 
happen. He goes, then you lead them to that. But uh-huh. don't just be on top of the mountain shouting down directions at people. Look over your shoulder, reach back to people, invite them. Because when we all get to the top of that mountain together and you get to enjoy that beautiful view, oh, that's where all the magic happens. I love that because entrepreneurs are, <clears throat> I think they're, they're the engines, right? That, that sort of power uh, us. And entrepreneurs have a lot of stress and partly because they are the chief everything officer. Right. Not just the chief executive officer. They are the CEO as the chief everything officer. And that can be very stressful. Um, But for entrepreneurs, it's really important to tap into it. This is where I go into emotional intelligence. Right. To tap into your emotional intelligence, allow it to guide you, Um, allow yourself not to be the one who, again, has to have all the answers. There's some fantastic, wonderful and amazing person out there who can help you do this in five minutes that it would take you two hours to do it. Um, this is where I work with myself, even as a business owner. And I say, uh, just because you can, doesn't mean you should, Yeah. right? Just because you can, doesn't mean you should. And so what should you do as the entrepreneur? Where's your time best spent? How do you make sure that that customer is having an amazing experience? Does it, is it more important for you to generate the sales for your organization to do the client interfacing, to build a relationship and let someone else do the behind the scenes work. Those are things that you've got to figure out as an entrepreneur and using your emotional intelligence. And there's a proprietary method that I developed called the UCR Advantage. We'll talk about it very often on shows. So Steve, I'm not sure how you're getting it out on here, but it's, it's a method that I have entrepreneurs and leaders use to boost their emotional intelligence fast. The UCR Advantage, um, there's a book out on it on Amazon, but the U is for understanding. The C is for communication and the R is for response. So let me just go through it really quickly. What do you understand about the situation? What do you understand? And understanding is in two levels. What do you understand about yourself in this situation? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What do you want? What do you understand about the other person on the other side? So if it's a client, What do you understand about their needs? You might have to do a little bit digging. You might need to do some inquiry, ask some questions, see how they're responding to you to gain understanding. Now, once you have the understanding, you know what your understanding is, you know what theirs is, now you move to the C. Now the C is going to align with that understanding because in that understanding, you're gonna set a goal. Great, based on what I know, what I know about them, here's what I really want to happen. Now the C, it's in alignment with what you really want to happen. And there's two aspects to the C in your communication. It's not just what you say to the client. It's also what you say to yourself. Mm-hmm. So your communication has to be internal. You've got to make sure that that internal communication is aligned with your goal. If your goal is to get this $100,000 contract, you've got to make sure your self-talk and your mental uh, sort of conversation is supporting you getting that $100,000 goal. And then you've got to do the external communication that's going to get you there. And the only way to do that is to tap into what you know about that client, right? So that's how you communicate. You don't communicate like you want to communicate. Nobody wants to hear how Steve wants to communicate, right? It's what does the client want? That's what they want to hear. And so your communication needs to be focused on that. Don't tell them how great your product is and all the 10,000 things it's going to do for them. All they want to know is how you're going to solve their problem. 
So your communication aligns with that. And then finally, it's the R part of it. What do you do? How do your actions support what your communication was that then was supporting what you say you understood about the situation? So it's called the UCR Advantage. That's a really short version of how I use it, but we really can apply it to almost any situation. And I call it an emotional intelligence booster because at the end of the day, emotional intelligence is about two things. It's about what you know and what you do. It's about what you know and what you do. And when you can align those things, magic happens and stress disappears. Nice. I love that. Now, if if anyone out there who's listening right now is nodding their head like I've been doing the whole time you've been explaining that, how can they reach out to you and, and perhaps learn a bit more or have a quick conversation with you to see how you can help them to get to that next level, to de-stress, to fight burnout, to be a more effective leader, even if they are, say, an entrepreneur or part of a smaller team or part of a big corporation? How can people reach out to learn a bit more about how you could guide them to the next level? Absolutely. So the easiest way is to go to my website. You can go to thestressfreeleader.net, thestressfreeleader.net. There's also a free um, download on that uh, site that you can get if you are that person, if you are in that place of stress. you got a free download out there because every person that stress shows up differently. And so how you show up depends on what you do about it. So you can get that on the website uh, as well, but it's thestressfreeleader.net and you can connect with me. You can schedule a time, a coffee chat, or it's just a time to connect. Love that. Rhonda, thank you so much for being a part of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. I've enjoyed all of our conversations so far leading up to this show. And it's funny, whenever I have initial conversations, people ask, what's the show going to be like? This so, so here we are basically sitting on a digital front porch, having a conversation, just dropping value all over the front lawn. And I hope that people have really embraced it and will actively reach out and connect with you, or at the very least, follow you on social media, because I know you're on LinkedIn and yeah. I've read through your articles and what you've shared. And I want to share this one thing. Stop trying to fit your life into the job and find a job that fits into your life. It's one that I saw that you recently shared. And I said, I got to bring that in at the last second and say, look, if somebody listening right now, if that resonates for you, please reach out to Rhonda. It is Rhonda Y. Williams. And Rhonda, thank you so much for being a part of Motivational Firewood Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can create a more vivid, focused future with the Vision Board Mastery Program, or to invite Steve to be part of your next event, please visit motivationalfirewood.com.